Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. I'm Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to my friend Matt Javanisi of MoneyLab.co. He and I talked about a recent blog post that he put out there called the Lifestyle Business Manifesto, and he changed how he's running his business, and he's leaning things up, and we go into all the details. This is a long conversation, about two hours, and Matt and I are interested in beer, and we have a lot of common stuff uh, outside of our uh, affiliate marketing and just the businesses that we run. We have a lot just of uh, overlap way outside of the business area too. So anyway, we talk about retiring early. We talk about how he reduced his team from six to two people and how he walked away from a software company that was actually growing and doing pretty well. So because this is such a long episode, I'm just going to throw it over there. And as I mentioned, this was a live stream. So there are a couple instances where I think we get a question or two from the audience, but I think we do a pretty good job to mention the question so that you can follow along. But if you hear us talking about the chat or anything like that, it's because of the live stream. And by the way, if you're not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, you should check it out. And of course, check out all of Matt's stuff over at moneylab.co. We'll put a link in the show notes for you. Let's get to the interview. And I think you're on. Matt, what's up? What's up? How are you? I think people could hear me. So. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can. Right. Okay. We're good to go. There's always a little Sweet. clunkiness at the very beginning here. So Matt, how's it going today? And what's new in your life? What is new in my life? I don't know. I have a new house. That's been like everything. Got a couch finally. <laughs> Thanksgiving just happened. Uh, it was only like t- my brother and one other person and uh, kind of just focusing on swim university, brew cabin, money lab, like my brands. But like, uh, what did I just do? I just did something. Oh, I just released a course. So that was like, <laughs> I was like, I did something that was like pretty long and, and time consuming. So yeah, I just did the, a YouTube course for money lab. So that was right fun. on. Well, it's cool um, to see that come out. I love courses myself, and we're going to dig into a bunch of stuff today. And I know some peop- it takes a few minutes for folks to jump on live, but for the people that don't know you at all, what do you do and a little background? So you mentioned a couple of brands that you're a part of, but yeah, what are you all about? I guess what I do, like my actual job, is I, I own a site called Swim University, and I teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs through blog posts, videos. We have a YouTube channel. We do have a podcast too, but it, it's kind of short. It's just got one series podcast and it's done. Yeah. So we're just kind of this like little media company, just me and Steph and uh, one other person. And Swim University pretty much makes the bulk of the money. And then we have uh, Money Lab, which is sort of the byproduct of everything. So I've built multiple brands over the years. The ones that I have currently are Swim University, Money Lab, and Brew Cabin, which you mentioned. 2019, was what happened? It just like, we were, there was a bunch of like turning points for Swim University. But, you know, it's at, it's at one point we were trying to make this like massive media company where I had like a ton of writers and we, you know, we were trying to put out a lot of content and trying to like 
really make a, a, a big swimming pool company. And then it became like, uh, you, you start to learn things about yourself as a business owner. Like I am a creative, I tend to be a creative person. I like being in my little bubble and I like creating things that are just, that are, that are good. You know, like I, I, I put a lot of pride into my work. Uh, but when you're forced to manage other people to crank out stuff that is fine and it's good, you, I just lost that sense of like, this isn't, this isn't mine anymore. This is everyone's. And we're all collectively like want this thing to succeed, which is great. But uh, you know, I didn't have the same compassion and care for it that I used to. And then like we, you know, so I had talked to my editor in chief about it and, and she agreed. And we sort of like, you know, it was just me and her kind of doing the, like she was, she was doing all the writing and we kind of let go of everybody else because it was like, I think the two of us can really take this thing to the next level. Meaning like, you know, we want it to be self-sufficient. We want it to stand the test of time. What I was trying to do, uh, always was sort of shift away from affiliate marketing, not in the sense that I'm giving it up, but to sort of like make sure that I have, I had three revenue streams when I started swim university and it was affiliate marketing. It was sponsorships like in the form of banner ads and, and, and those things, but like direct sales. So I would sell them and then products, but we only had one product at the time and it was an ebook and it was like 19 bucks. And I knew that that was, and it was selling relatively well, but I knew that that's re really where I wanted to go. And what I hated doing was sponsorships. I absolutely hated selling sponsorships. And I tried to hire people to do it for me and that wasn't working. And so I ended up just saying like no to it. I'm like, I'm not, we're just not going to be this type of website. And plus it felt better because then it truly is an unbiased like resource. And there's no like, I didn't have to write content because a, a publisher or because a manufacturer who is a sponsor is like, you know, you really should have a, a post on this product, which is their product. And I'm like, well, I don't really need to. And so like, I just kind of said no to that, but I lost, you know, we lost money because we just were like, let's just cut that out. And then affiliate marketing was doing really well, but I, you know, I was always fearful of it because it's, you know, especially with Amazon, because it's like, well, if Amazon has one board meeting that you're not a part of, which they did twice uh, in the last like three years, yeah, you kind of like lose money as a business. So it's not a good place to like stake your your business on. And so like during all that time, I was working on like building my own products and like building up the website to get, you know, and and, and deleting a lot of content that I thought was good because it was getting us traffic but it wasn't getting a sales because you know it just didn't fit the, the the thing that we were trying to sell and to kind of explain that a little bit further i wrote a post on how to properly have sex in a hot tub because it was a very uh, popular keyword if you look it up for pretty obvious reasons and so image, like image search turn that on <laughs> image search right exactly <laughs> so uh, but then i you know it was like okay we ranked number 1 for it like over cosmopolitan which is like exactly what i wanted unfortunately literally anyone can have sex in a hot tub you don't actually have to own one and so like the people that were visiting that page weren't necessarily buying the products we were selling because we weren't selling like waterproof condoms for example so it was like that was a moment where i was like i have this really huge article that brings in a lot of traffic but it doesn't bring in any money so i'm just going to delete it 
And when I started deleting content and like, I, you know, kind of saying like, what is it that swim university does and getting very clear on like, who are we? What is our purpose here? And what are we trying to do? And it's like, okay, we are a website that helps people take care of their pools and hot tubs. So you better own a pool or a hot tub or else why the hell would you be on swim university? And then if you do own a pool and a hot tub, then the products that we sell make sense to you. You're a perfect fit. It took a lot of just like editing, optimizing, building of products. And eventually this year, because of Amazon taking away everyone's, you know, in, you know, uh, commissions, we were able to surpass the amount of money we make with our products over affiliate marketing. And it's always been 70% comes from affiliate marketing. 30% comes from our products this year. It actually flipped. It was, it was 70% came from our products, 30% from Amazon. And we made more than we did the year before. So that was in 2020, but all the work was really done in 2018, 2019 to kind of gear up to this, like this moment. Uh, 2019 specifically is when we moved, we were selling everything on our website. I had developed our own like storefront to sell using a bunch of like plugins, uh, specifically easy digital downloads. And it was working, but then uh, I was, I'm always trying to simplify my processes all the time. And somebody turned me on to Podia and I started using that. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is, this is so much easier. This is really up my alley. I started using it and I saw sales go up simply from switching over because it just became easier for people to buy. And it just, everything just became more clear. And so that was in 20, early, uh, mid 2019. I did that August of 2019. And so that set up the groundwork for 2020 being an absolutely like killer year for product sales because like the, the, the pieces were in place. Got it. And I love, I love bringing you on cause I could ask a small question and then you'll just talk for a while and I could let my minutes, voice yeah. rest. So you're drinking a beer over there. People listening can't see that, but you're drinking a beer and I, I grabbed a beer even though it's around lunchtime here so cheers yeah. i'm having a little cheers. pilsner what are you drinking that it i'm also drinking a pil i'm drinking a pilsner i'm drinking okay. a beer shot slow pour pills and i have a left hand uh, i have it in a mm. koozie here so i don't want to spill it everywhere it is a left hand what is it oh no i grabbed the dunkel i grabbed the oh you got a dunkel yeah yeah i was like that doesn't taste like a pilsner so i got a dunkel <laughs> from their test Wait. their test kitchen oh cool yeah i was like i so don't even know they made one of those yeah, yeah, it's in like the the uh, the bigger the twelve pack like variety deal. Mm. Oh, so I that's see. Where I got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So quick, quick note: I do need to give a shout out to a sponsor, Ezoic and their Site Speed Accelerator. So if you haven't checked it out, it will help your site load faster. I do recommend you use their DNS integration over the WordPress plugin integration. You just get a little more robust. Um, setup so it loads faster and matt have you used ezoic in the past or anything like that i have not okay and i was going to say that sex in the hot tub thing that you were talking about bringing in all that traffic good. it would have been perfect because you would have the right yeah. ads showing and that's the, the kind of thing that ezoic can do is show the right ads to the right people and optimize a b test do all the things you need to do to get it done so right. thanks to ezoic and while we're kind of taking a break, I'm going to give a shout out to some of the people in the chat, like Sverin, who came early, Adrian, who is manning the chat, 
making sure it's in order. We have Vicky, we got Griff, David, some of the usual suspects, uh, Vicky Stewart, and a bu- and, and uh, Severin. Yep. It's one of those with like SV. So it's like there's two consonants, no no vowel in there. He said, Matt missed out on the opportunity to sell swim you condoms. So maybe next time. Did you guys talk about that? You could use them as water balloons. I could have had like swim you condoms that are also water balloons. So it would have it would have worked. Yeah, you could always go back to it. I mean, I don't know if I would want to use or market white label condoms, but I'm sure they're out there. Check it out, I guess. Maybe yeah, Alibaba. Sure I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's swing back to the the lifestyle business manifesto. So basically, you worked really hard in 2019. Business grew like crazy. You were setting yourself up for 2020 with mm-hmm. digital products. It put you in a good spot to pivot a little bit when Amazon changed the commission rate in April. But yeah, it sounds like you didn't want to be as busy. So let's talk about the manifesto and what the lifestyle business. Uh, means to you? And like, how, how do you define it? If some person hasn't heard this term before, what's a lifestyle business? It's a business that allows you to fuck. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? All right. So it allows you to screw off and, and not have to worry every waking minute. So I'm not, I'm not saying that you should do that all the time, but like it, it you can. So um, if I wanted to take a vacation right now, like like tomorrow, my vacation starts, and I it goes from now until you know the end of December. I can safely do that because the business has been set up so that uh, it it allows me to have any lifestyle that I choose to have, which means I'm it's just more flexibility, I guess. It's like it's flexibility, freedom, um, and less stress just in general. So it's it's it. it I don't think it necessarily means like. Oh, you can have like an awesome lifestyle because you can certainly have a lifestyle business and like be stressed out constantly with like other, you know, things in life. Um, I just think that if your business is not a stress factor, you're, you're not reliant on clients and bosses and people like, like demanding of your time and attention all the time. And like, I have to be on this call at X time. I have to do this. Like you can sort of go with the flow and, and, and be whatever. And so like for the longest time, you know, and even like 2018, when I started hiring people, it was still a lifestyle business, but it was slowly becoming like, well, most of this money that I was spending was going towards other people to support the business as opposed to, you know, being able to create, being able to like shape the business so that one person or two people who I, you know, the other person I live with could manage the business and and actively like grow the business and then take all of that money mostly like the profit for ourselves and our lifestyle and not, and I'm not saying like I'm buying a helicopter it's like I'm not trying to like live a lavish lifestyle it's 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 the reason to even start and I learned this from a book called Profit First and this is where I started like this this sort of journey where the idea is like why do you have a business like, what is the purpose of having your own business? It's to make money for yourself, right? It's otherwise, like, what's your goal? And now people certainly have goals to, like, they want to, I don't know, they want to start a business because they are, they just like to see things grow. They want to feel ego, pride, you know, whatever those things are that that drive people. But for me, it was it was freedom. 
It was like not having to answer to a boss, not having to manage 50 people, you know, and not having to like check in, clock in, clock out, all of those things. There are different types of businesses and different types of lifestyles. And I think it also, you know, you can have a lifestyle business that's brick and mortar. Um, it's really just on, on, on your mindset. I think um, as, a, as a great example of this, there's a guy in Longmont who has a store called The Bald Brewer. And I, you know, every time I go to the store, it's just him. He owns the building. And he runs this like homebrew store. And I'm, I would consider that a lifestyle business where he's basically like he, he, he started a business in a thing that he is actively interested in. And he owns a brick and mortar store selling things that he's actually, actually interested in. And he has clients that he actually likes. So and he, and he, you know, can set his own hours because it doesn't matter. And he has the freedom. I know he just like went on vacation recently. So he has the freedom to be like, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. The store might be closed or somebody's going to run it for a week. It's really it's just a, it's more of a mindset and a, than it is a practice, I think, or a type of business. It's like a, it's more of a, like a how you how you feel about your business and like the decision. It, it definitely goes into the decision factors of like what you do. Got it. And Bald Brewer, that's where I get my ingredients as well. Same, yeah. I think Mark Mark's his name. Good dude. So yeah, if you're in Longmont, yeah. you can check it out. But yeah. I know there was another brew shop that actually had like a a tap room in there that went out yeah. of business. It's over by the Sam's. Did you ever go to that one? I used to go I used to drive from Boulder to it because it was the nicest store ever. It was um uh the uh Brumented was called. It was like the Walmart right. of like homebrew shops. It was so nice. But I think that that's yeah you know, ultimately it's not a lifestyle business. Like you were trying to build like a re le legit hardcore business in something that is like, Oh, you overspent, you know, I think, and I don't know if that's actually what happened to them, but it certainly feels like when you kind of start something with like no grassroots effort, but you put a lot of money into it. It's like, it's kind of a, it's really a gamble, but if you're just putting time and effort into something with very, very little money, it becomes less of a gamble. It becomes more of like a a, a skill set and like a development thing, and 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 you can and it may not be like the fastest growing overnight success that you want it to be. Which for Swim University, it took ten years for me to make a, an actual living off of to me for me to make like forty grand a year on it. You know that that's and that was like revenue, not what I was actually pulling in for myself. It took ten years, arguably like seven years of like bad work and and not really trying as hard as I should have, and then three years of like very focused intent work with a foundation that was already there, but, and then do and doing everything myself, like not hiring out for anything. And that was in a, a lot of those years was learning website design and learning code and learning how to write and learning how to edit videos and learning how to do graphic design and using these different tools. Like most of those years were just spent learning the skills that I now have to, you know, basically build a site with my eyes closed, you know, and, and, and write a blog post with my eyes closed, you know, not really, but, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know you where the, the keys are. So you could type with your eyes yeah. closed. I so, could. Yeah. And I think I'm going to tie a couple of these together. So yeah, you, you got it exactly with Brewmented for people that most people don't know Brewmented. So this was uh, basically a shop. It could be any shop. They got prime real estate that was very expensive. Mm -hmm. They built out way more than they needed. And there potentially was a customer base, but they, you know, maybe they didn't have the runway capital wise or effort wise yeah. to 
just stick around for a long time. And then Mark at Bald Brewer, he's been there for 10 years. Like you said, he, he owns the building. He keeps it lean. I chatted with him one time and he said that he had a couple people help him out part-time a little bit at one point, but you know, people weren't that great. And he's like, you know what, I'm just going to do what I need to do to run this. And that, like you said, that's like a lifestyle business, right? Yeah. Basically you're, you're building it to have flexibility that you want to have. And I think that that's like the highlight, whatever you deem flexibility as, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just the ability to, to like not work today, you know, like I don't want to work today. And you don't have to. It's not going to be, you're not going to get fired. You're not going to, it's not going to be the end of the world. Your business is not going to like go into the ground, you know, but at the same, I don't think it's just that because there are businesses like you could be a freelancer who does client work and you can choose how many clients to get. You can choose to overwork yourself or you can choose to work on just enough clients to like pay for like a much more relaxed lifestyle. And I think it's really, again, a mindset more than it is a discipline. Um, it's, it's like, you know, cause it, I think it can apply to a many, many types of businesses. It's just like, how do you treat it? You know, how many are you, are you, you know, it's, it's really like kind of, it, it could be lean. It could like, they could have some overlap. I, I, I tend to think that a lot. Cause I also wrote an article, I think it was last year or the year before called the, the lean business machine or like the something like that lean, mean business machine, I think it's called. And the whole idea was like. That was when I started down this road of like, we are going to eliminate everything that does not seem necessary to the success of this business. And that meant like looking at every little tiny piece of content we were creating and look at everything we were spending money on and, you know, using the profit first model, which is essentially the idea that you could any money that you get, it's very similar to like pay yourself first. It's the same exact principle for personal finance as it is for business. The idea being like, if you make, you know, $1,000 a month, you take 10, 15 or whatever percentage you decide and you set that aside and that is the profit, the business profit at that money. The rest of it, you have to allocate. Now, now you only have like say 90% left and that 90% better pay for you to like exist and, and live in the world and operating expenses. And so like, so that that extra 10% never gets touched and it builds up over time. And then every quarter you take half of that 10% that you've built up in those three months and you give it to yourself as like, I own a business. I make that money. That's my money. And so you get like these like quarterly bonuses for being disciplined in, in, in doing that. And so, yeah, it just became very clear to me. It's like, we can operate swim university with two people like really easily. And, and I could do it with one person if that was the only thing I did. Like if, if swim university was my only business and that was my only job to like make YouTube videos and write articles, I could do it myself. But because I have Money Lab and Brew Cabin, we need some help. And, and, and uh, that's why we have one person that's full-time doing all the video content for Swim University and then just general help wherever stuff is needed. And then I have an assistant that helps with like customer service uh, stuff for Swim University. So, and then also a light SEO stuff for Swim University as well. Got it. Originally, or at least at the height, you had like six people working on all facets of the business. Is that right? I, Including yourself uh, and Yeah. Stuff? It was me. Michelle was my editor-in-chief. Then we had three writers. I had a graphic designer. I had a video editor. I had an assistant. 
a lawyer on retainer. I have an accountant on retainer. Yeah. There's quite a few people, you know, and yeah, we slowly like things were doing fine. Like everything was working, but the problem was we were making good money, but all of that money was going to running the business, you know? So like I was getting a salary, but it was small. Like I was, I wasn't, I was paying myself the same amount of money I was paying other people in my business. Right. So it was like, and then when I read profit first, they're like, well, you, you own the business. Like you should be making the most money in it. And it, I don't know what it always felt wrong, but I was like, well, if I'm doing the work, then yes, I do deserve, you know, you know, I don't deserve money just because I invented the thing. Right. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, what were you doing? Capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've I was heard... doing work. Yeah. It, it, you know, I was, I was working on money lab and, and brew cabin and other things and, and other projects like software projects and stuff while like everyone else was taking care of swim university as my brand, but like swimming university was everything. Like that's where all the money was coming in from. And I just like had to realize like, I should probably be more involved in the thing that's like paying for my entire life. You know, like I ended up going back to doing that. And, and that's, I feel much better in that position because it's my baby. It's the thing I invented and I want to work on it. And I want to feel like the work that I put in, I'm getting paid for that work. And I don't like the idea of like being a CEO and making all this money while everyone else is doing all the actual work. And then I'm just getting paid more than that. That feels, I don't know what feels wrong to me. I know that's capitalism, but I, I, I was going to say, I, it sounds like socialism is what you're aiming for. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, it's, it's just a moral thing. And so we ended up like getting really lean where it was just like me and Michelle and that Steph was part of it. And then Michelle decided that she wanted to do her own thing and, and start her own business and like be her own entrepreneur. And I was like, great. So she went and did that and I supported her through all of that and still do. And at, at that moment, that was the decision point it was like, do we hire someone to take her place? Or do I go back into that position and get really lean with my business? And then what's the like, what can I, what do I have to do every day? You know, it's like, okay, well, if I write a blog post every week on some university, is that such a terrible job that I can't do it? You know what I mean? No, it's it, absolutely not. I mean, I can certainly do it and I actually like doing it. And so I've kind of committed to this idea that like, what's a good job? You know, and yeah, I can own my own business and I can have this ego and puff up my chest and all that stuff. But it's like, I, it's still a job. And so what do I want to do? Writing blog posts about swimming pools is not that bad. And I can certainly do that. And I'm not really sick of it. And so I want to, that's what I want to do. And, and I want to create, I want to create things. I just, I, I like doing it and I don't need to start any more businesses. I'm done. I could just, you know, sit back, you know nurture and take care of and build this like thing that I've spent my like most of my adult life doing and be happy about that. And that's like, and, and just that sounds like a great life. One thing I want to point out, cause I think some people are like, Oh, if I had the ability to hire staff, that would be fantastic. I would love to have a love to have a team. And for me personally, I really don't want to have a team because they yeah. rely on you for what they're going to do in the direction of the company. So if you have that weight on your shoulder, it's stressful. And then you're also thinking, hey, I have to keep making 
this amount of money to pay them and to pay myself profit first. So it's very stressful. And did you find that was part of the stress of having the staff? And maybe when Michelle was saying, hey, I'm ready to do my own thing, you were like, okay, this is kind of a chance to reset. No, I never felt stressed having a staff. I, I learned very early on that when when I hired people that I really related to, like the way I found Michelle was very unique. I, I created a, an online application that really didn't ask any questions about, are you good at editing words? It was, do you have the same taste as me? So it was like questions like, send me a video that you think will make me laugh because it made you laugh. You know, send me a, an article that you think is like the best thing that's ever been created on the internet. You know, just, just so if I saw it and thought the same thing, then we are aligned as people. And so like, if I believe something, you probably believe something and like, we have good taste in, in content. And so like editing and, and all that stuff can be taught and I can like send them articles and books and stuff and, and we can build them up and whatever. I just so happened that Michelle came from a SEO background and she was a great writer, but then we also have the exact same taste in pretty much everything. And she was I hired her immediately. And almost immediately, within like four months, like once she understood the swimming pool industry, like what we were actually, because like the writing part, she never had a problem with. It was like pools. I don't, you know, like I don't own one or whatever. Once she got through that phase, it was like, oh, I can leave you alone because you, and, and then the, what happened was we started hiring people and it, and, and I hired a, I hired a, uh, at one point I hired a C. F oh no C O O so somebody to like take my place and like run everything so I could go do other shit and it and it turned out to be a mess because Michelle herself was a boss she was already like capable of that role and I had put somebody in above her and it just didn't work and it became like very it was like a a, a teaching moment because I was like oh this is somebody I can trust and rely on and I don't, and she can just do her own thing. And so it wasn't stressful. And we had honest conversations. Like we would jump on, we never, we really never talked all the time. Like we never had a weekly stand up meeting or even a monthly stand up meeting. It was like every quarter I'd be like, are you okay? Are things going well? Are you happy? Like what's going on in your life? And she was like, this is great. This is the best job I ever had. Then she'll work. She'll do what she's supposed to do because that's, she wants to, and that's the best kind of, you know, the best kind of person to work for and to work with. And so that was, I mean, she wasn't cheap. She's not like, a, like I didn't hire somebody overseas and like, uh, you know, some from B, some big VA firm or whatever, you know, I, I invested in, in someone who could be like my, like another, I wanted to invest in a clone of me. And I did that. And what, and, and the great and unfortunate part of it was that she is a clone, you know, like we are the same type of person. And so she went and did her own thing, of course, you know, and I never expected her to stay with me. I expected her to do this. And when she did it at the moment, I was like, well, I could hire another person or I could just at that point, I was letting go of a lot of these other projects that I had hired her originally so that I can go work on. And on all of those projects, none of them really fell through. But I just was like, ah, not for me. And I just like Swim University. It's still, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of Money Lab. Uh, I like being there. I'm very, I'm very passionate about homebrewing and I want it to be more involved with that site. And I was like, I have these 
assets. And here I am trying to build more and more assets. I should just kind of like work on these things. And then it was a moment where I I had to decide it. But no, to, to basically answer your question in the, in the longest way possible, I don't like managing people. I don't like looking over someone's shoulder, making sure they're doing the things that I want. I, I'd rather just empower somebody, let them do their thing, let them tell me what they want to do, and then and then go for it. So I, I had a good managerial approach, but I still didn't like having the stress of, of them existing and the business, you know, I don't know. No, I, no. The answer to your question, no. <laughs> it didn't stress you out. Okay. It didn't stress me out, no. Yeah. But having it, a lot of people did because it's a lot of money out the door. You know, so yeah. you're operating at like razor thin margins at that point. And I'm like, I, I want a bigger cushion, you know, in case yeah. like shit does go down. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing is just your working style and your managing style. And my managing style is much different than yours and what you just described. That sounds crazy to me. I'll be honest with you. Now. <laughs> but right. Because I think you said you wanted to hire someone and let them tell you what they wanted to work on. That just sounds All the crazy time. to me. Yeah. So I, anyway, well, 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 if you hire a clone, then you have the same thought. So you're like, yeah, do that. You know? Yeah. Do that. Right. You know? So and it's, then, and I don't want to call her a clone of me. She's a, her own person. We were the, the sim, we were similar types of people. Yeah. And when she had a, like, I would go to her and say like, Hey, this company wants to advertise on this blog post. What do you think we should do? And she's like, I want, no, we're not doing that. And here's why, here's what we stand for. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Yes, that. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. I'm out. You know, it's like, that's the best. The, the other, the other part of the, the equation is I, it's a little different when you're hiring someone as uh, perhaps like staff augmentation or something like that versus like partnerships. But when you have someone that has the same skills and outlook as you, I, for me personally, I'm like, you have a blind spot. I'm like, if I want to partner with someone, I'm like picking someone with the different skills than me to complement each other versus like, all right, we got two duplicate people, but I know it's more complex than that. So I know what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah. So quick, quick note, we do have another sponsor. So I'm going to go and I do have a new sponsor, one little web and it's a, let me pull up my, my read here. It's a link building company, Matt. So people can still hear you, but they can't see you. So this link building company is a bespoke agency and they don't use link farms. They don't use private blog networks and they outreach on your behalf. And you actually get to pick the sites before proceeding with a link placement. Are you much of a link builder, Matt? Nope. No, not at all. So you've ever done guest posting or whatever? No. You call yourself an SEO. (laughs) Okay. So back to one little web they have two different outreach plans. One is domain authority based and the other one is traffic based. So you know they're getting some organic traffic from Google and you can pick based on your requirements. Now, I arranged a special deal where you order a DA50 plus guest post and you'll get a DA40 free of charge with it. So it's like two guest posts for the price of one. And they guarantee for both of those sites, a minimum of 5,000 visitors per month. So, you know, you're getting some traffic. There is a link in the description, or you can go to onelittleweb.com slash Doug, D-O-U-G. That's my name. And just a quick recap, that deal is very clearly laid out, but you get a DA50 post, DR, 
or DA. My copy is goofed up here. I'm going to have to talk to the boys. Uh, so basically, it's higher authority, 50 and 40, and two for the price of one. Check it out. Thanks, One Little Web, for the sponsorship here. Much appreciated. So you don't do any link building, Matt, you're saying? No. No, I just had a conversation about this the other day, and I actually stumbled on this like tactic that I didn't even realize I was doing. So, so Money Lab, for example, has a, a lot of backlinks that I have done zero outreach. I didn't do anything to build them. What I did was, and I didn't know I was doing this. It wasn't like I set out to do this type of content for this type of result. Uh, but the byproduct of writing for your peers, like you, you bring up the lifestyle business post, like that was written for you. That was written for you know people that I am that I consider equals in this in this industry. It wasn't written for everyone. And so when I when I did that and I spent you know weeks on that post. Because I wanted it to, I wanted everyone to feel something, you know. I got text messages from people, you know, that that I'm p- friends with in real life who were just like, "This post was amazing." Well, it turns out like you guys all have websites, so <laughs> they're all everyone's linking to it, everyone's posting on Reddit and stuff. And 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 with that mindset, because that's kind of the same mindset that I want to have with Brew Cabin, where I'm writing to the prof- I'm writing to the people who homebrew who take it as seriously as I do. And what's what's great about that mindset is that it's it great for people who are just starting out too because they're getting like a very professional viewpoint of, of something that they can aspire to. And so I feel like when I do that, I want other homebrewers who have sites to go like, that's the guy to, that's, he's the guy to follow. Like, whoa, what an amazing like viewpoint. What a interesting, you know, because I'm tailoring it to them. And so I, it, what's interesting is that it just uh, turns out to be a, uh, a great way to build links because without trying all that hard, I guess. Yeah. And I think, well, this make money online space is weird. And I got to say, I mean, you can't discount the stuff that you've done, Matt. So you got Money Lab, you've been you know, featured all over the place talking about Swim You. So that's mm-hmm. pretty popular. And Listen, money matters, which I mean, let's talk about this too, because this was all part of the post, which if people want to dig into it, there's a link in the show notes in the description here. So you, I mean, you had a lot of projects going on. You had the multiple sites, you had some staff, you were part of a SaaS product called Lasso, which we've talked about before. You also Mm -hmm. had two podcasts that you were part of. So what's, what's going on with the podcast right now? They're both on permanent hiatus. So, and they both shut down right before, you know, all the protests that happened in, I think, June. We didn't shut them down because of that. We shut them down before that for other reasons. But I was, I was actually glad to be not a white guy talking about money at the time. And um, what happened was we were just looking at the business, like, you know, I love broadcasting. I, I have professional broadcasting equipment. I've been doing it my whole life. I've, I've, I have a passion for it. I love, and, and when I say broadcasting, I mean like radio, radio. I would love to do, if I, if I knew anything, like I, I love jazz music, but I'm not like a jazz head. Like I don't know like artists and stuff. I just like the music. And I listen to Kuvo Jazz. It's like my only radio station. And I would love to be like, uh, a DJ on Kuvo Jazz, like that would be so much fun to me and so relaxing. Just be on mic, talk about jazz music, 
like having to like control the board. It's so cool. And so like podcasting was so, I love podcasting. It's the same thing, you know, except you don't have to worry about fumbling because you're not live. And we did it for so many years. I mean, Listen Money Matters has been running for like eight, nine years or something like that. I think it was 2013 we started. So seven years. We uh, got to a point where, you know, Listen Money Matters made decent money, but it wasn't making a ton of money. And the reason why is because we were very bad at, at sponsorships. And I think this is a theme in my life. I am not good working with companies. Like I, I just, I don't like having people tell me what I can and can't do or like having to negotiate what I can and can't say. Like if I like you and you like me and there's a mutual partnership and you trust me, then yeah, we can have a discussion. But then it's like, I have to get invoices from you. And it's like, did I, did I do what I was supposed to do? It's, it feels like there's just a tether that I don't like. And so we, ha- it was really difficult to do that at Listen Money Matters. And at Money Lab, we were, I was selling my own product. So I was doing my own ads for my own thing, which is really good. And I had some sponsors. I had Ahrefs. I have other sponsors as well. And so like, it was fine. But when you looked at how much effort, like every week we're putting out a show and we have to like, plan the episode, record it. There was a lot of effort that went into making an episode. And you, when you look at the return on investment, like the, the return on time with that, as compared to, say, putting out a YouTube video, which ultimately was harder to do and had more time, but the results were way, like the results are like exponentially better. So I, so for me, it just felt like, I don't know, it just sort of, it kind of just died. And obviously with COVID, like people weren't um, commuting and, and going to the gym as much. And so like, listenership just kind of faded away and it's weird because there's a special connection and i miss that part of like people are like where is it what's happening and i'm like look i've gone on record to say what happened um which is basically like we looked at the numbers like this isn't lucrative for us and this is like it's really difficult to do this show and it it, we just we just not dedicating enough time to it we're not owning this as our platform and it's always a secondary thing. And so if we had to choose between doubling down on a podcast or doubling down on a video, you know, episodes on video or even a podcast on video, that's where we felt that our, our efforts, our efforts would be more rewarded for the time. So although we didn't do that because that's also hard and we were just like, <laughs> and then, and then because of lasso and working on that, it just became like, you know, putting out content was so difficult because we were so busy on the product itself and building it. And um, ultimately, like everything just kind of like unraveled and fell apart. And we just looked at it and said, like, are we OK with shutting these down? Are we going to lose any money? No. And so we just kind of went with it. Gotcha. And I think, I mean, it's really tough to put an ROI on, I, I think, even YouTube and yeah, it, podcast. Yeah it's really hard to trace back because I'm putting out content on three different platforms, just basically like you were maybe not to the same extent on YouTube, but basically I don't know where someone originates from and they all work together. And the other thing, quick example, there was someone in the chat um, who said, basically they were like, this is boring. I'm going to go watch another video about early WordPress mistakes. So YouTube, I love everyone who's watching right now. And um, if you're listening to any point of this, I'm not talking about you, but YouTube has a short attention span. There's some dumb people on YouTube that watch and they comment and they ask dumb questions. And that's just the way it is. I don't know where they're at. They're probably teenagers or something. 
And again, no one that's listening now, I just want to emphasize that. (laughs) I can't emphasize it enough. I appreciate the support, everyone that has liked and subscribed, but people are impatient. There's a million distractions. On the podcast, the connection is so much deeper and that's probably why you love broadcasting. I mean, I listen to uh, talk radio like all through as a weird kid, right? Like middle school, high school, college talk radio. It's like, yeah, it's like we're eyeballs. So I, I totally get it. And, you know, I, we actually off, off the record, I won't reveal any of our com- private conversations, but we yeah. had a call and I was like, dude, we got to like, your podcast is something like you got to keep it rolling yeah. in some capacity. And I hope I could convince you now that you're so close uh, by, like we could do something, make it easier, make it fun. Maybe we just drink and talk shit. You know, it's so. also it's also not, a, you know, I think that was what part of the problem was I tried to make it easier. I am not a guy who likes doing easy things. I like putting effort into things and being proud of those things. And, and I, and what's worrisome about like, uh, like if you look at, I, I don't know why I'm comparing myself to this example, but I, I thought about Jon Stewart and the daily show where it's like, if you look at the daily show, it's amazing. Like, in in you know he's done now it's over it's this time capsule of the show everyone's like how amazing was that run at the moment everyone's like how amazing is this thing happening right now but i don't think you could go back and say like this episode is everything it's the it's amazing and not every episode had the same like gravitas as the one before it and but if you look at like a television show, like a short, like even the one that just came out, like the Queen's Gambit, where like every episode is like perfectly crafted because there's only like, you know, 10 or 13 of them. It's like, I, I don't know. I just felt like because of podcasting having to, you have to, I, I, I don't believe in doing like a seasonal podcast. Like I think you should, it has to be weekly. That's what I want to listen to is like a weekly show, but it doesn't have the same like craftsmanship it's it is something that you have to kind of like create the box you create the format and then you just deliver right you just you get on camera you have your paperwork and you just like read the news you know it's like it's it's just that kind of thing i don't and then and then you're on a schedule right because then you're like you have to produce a thing you have to get it out and so and then it's a never-ending cycle if you, you get on this hamster wheel of i never get to stop if i want this thing to continue like it i can stop and be john stewart and you have this thing, but like no one goes back and watches old daily show because it doesn't make, it's not relevant anymore. It doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a moment in time. And you know, like I did this, you know, I'm doing videos for YouTube for, for brew cabin and for swim university and hopefully for money lab one day. And I have done stuff for money lab. I want those pieces to feel timeless. I want to work on something for like two weeks and be like, this is a timeless thing that like it's, it's more evergreen. Um, and I don't know, that's just kind of the way I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, and I'm trying to do something different with YouTube, which is I don't want to do a YouTube like every week. I got to put out something because like that's what YouTube demands of you. You look at somebody like Bill Wurr, who puts out like history of the world. And it took him a year to make that video. And he wins everything. And he, that video's got like, he's forever like the king of his craft. Like he's just like, he gets that. He gets that. He has that piece that he did. and. He, he doesn't make any money at it, which is crazy, but it's, I think there's a balance. I think you could do, a, I think you could do a mix of both. And that's what I'm going to attempt with brew cabin. We'll see. And that's, it's a little bit what we're doing with, with, uh, some university. So 
Right on. And how are you on time? Can we go long today? What's your next yeah. thing? Okay. Uh, there, so, there is no next thing. Lifestyle business. This is it. Yeah, we're drinking. So yeah, it could go on. I'll have to call my wife for reinforcements. Yeah. Like, hey, bring me another can here. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, derail a little bit, but I want to come back to a okay. lot of the stuff that we're talking about. So your new YouTube course, can you tell us a little bit about it? There's a link in the description. Who's it for and what can they expect from it? Okay. It's called YouTube for bloggers, which is, which is a branding thing because my first course was called Asana for bloggers because it was literally how to use Asana to run a blog. And then I've sort of, since I'm a, I run a blog, I run an authority site, a niche site, whatever you want to call it. This is called YouTube for bloggers because it's a branding play, but also we sort of tailored it to if you have an authority site and if you have a, 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 an existing website, not that you need one, but if you do, this is our blueprint for how we built our Swim University channel and how the channel has become a supplement in some respects, its own arm of Swim University. And it's it you can you can certainly take the course if you're just thinking about starting a YouTube channel and you have no other online assets. It goes into a lot of the production, the scheduling, the monetization right out of the gate. That's kind of our big thing was if we're gonna start a YouTube channel, how do we make money right away and not have to wait to be a part of like a you know an ad network or whatever? Um, so it's our blueprint for how we built the Swim University channel and how we're making really good money with not a lot of subscribers. But again, it's 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 really it's actually our biggest course and our longest course and it we try to take we try to take a lot of perspectives, you know, if you again, if you're just doing YouTube or you have a blog or or you have like a small blog and you want to start something. I think that it's the it's starting a YouTube channel versus university was something I've always wanted to do and I have done over the years, but never consistently, never like really paid attention to it, but in my Heart of hearts of like all the things I wanted to do. We focused a lot on the writing, but at the end of the day, I was like, I want Swimming University to have every single article that we publish should have a video attached to it, should have graphics attached to it. Like it's a multimedia experience being on Swim University. And we, I always neglected video for so long. Like I, I did it and it worked great. And then it's hard. So we were like, oh, the writing's easier and it's, you know, whatever. But now, like, now that we have a, a rhythm, we've kind of treated Swim University or the YouTube you know channel as like it's kind of its own thing, but we it works in tangent you know in, in tandem, thank you, like a bicycle, like in tandem with the actual website. And now for me, Swim University feels like a very complete machine. And YouTube is like just exploding as far as revenue is concerned and and traffic and seo and like that is, i mean i'm so kind of upset with myself for knowing that i wanted to do youtube for so long but not actually pulling the trigger until like last year really kind of like focusing on it yeah so i'm like chatted on that yeah yeah so i'm like all right and then and then so what we've done what the course is is basically like our blueprint and our blueprint is like we are a machine when it comes to youtube like every week uh, a video goes out it is like well branded just and it, and it's like well monetized and it just keeps growing 
and it's SEO. It's really helped our website as a for, from an SEO from a Google SEO standpoint is helped our website tremendously. So it is just like, yeah, it's just like a lifting all boats sort of situation. If you want to see some of Matt's work that I think is amazing, check out the first video for Brew Cabin out there where mm. he's building his brewery. So this popped up on my feed and I, I watched it. it was, Did it really pop up on your feed? I I think I may have been subscribed. I can't remember. Okay. I, I think it might have, but it's it's awesome. So you can see his work and like, it, it's a different style of video than the typical yeah. one from Swim University, but it's one that homebrewers will like really appreciate. So one, one thing, I'm going to open another beer. I finally got the Pilsner here. So nice. cheers, Matt. One thing cheers. I'm going to throw right. in is a bonus. All right. So if you purchase... The th- this is ongoing, by the way. So in the future, if someone oh. watches or hears this, I didn't clear this with Matt, so hopefully you'll approve this. If you buy the course through my affiliate link, and I can you know send me the receipt, we'll verify it. Basically, I'll do a 15 minute teardown critique of your channel once you have 10 videos loaded. So I'll watch the videos nice. and give you some feedback. So is that cool, Matt? Is that all right with you? Hell yeah! All right, That's so a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Bonus, I've done a lot of videos as well. Love YouTube. It's kind of one of my primary focuses. So you mentioned, Matt, like you may be doing a little more Money Lab YouTube as well, or is it kind of... I am trying to figure out what that is. I actually asked my audience and asked, you know, people to kind of give me feedback on what it is that's missing from the online entrepreneur sort of space that I would be like a really like fresh, you know, look into. I, I don't know what that is. Cause I, I, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I learn is from other like online entrepreneurs, specifically from YouTube. Cause I am somebody who consumes YouTube m- more than like any other, you know, network. You know, there's all these different styles of video, which is what we talk about in the course, like how to do different types of videos. I don't know what's missing and what I think I would be really good at and what I'd be uniquely good at. I think that's the kind of the thing. It's like, cause I can do what, you know, I could do the talking head. I could do the animation. I could do the, you know, like screencast. I can do all that stuff. That's really easy for me, but it doesn't feel unique. It feels like that's what everyone does. So like, why listen to me? Like, why am I, you know, why does that matter? What, you know, with the podcast, I felt we were doing something kind of different where it was more like, unfortunately, like it hampered its growth. But like the idea that like we're talking inside baseball and we're not trying to help anybody. We're just trying to talk about our own thing and like what's, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes emotionally and like strategically. And I think that that really hurt us in a way because it's like it's not relatable for YouTube. I've had ideas like people you know, told me I should do like over the shoulder, like just build something and real, you know, and, and, and show it, or, you know, maybe take a lot of the things that I've built or plan on building. Like I I built a course in seven days and I have a whole article about it. Well, what if there was like a documentary of that, like an actual video version of like how I did it, even if I had to recreate it, you know, falsely, I could, I could still like make something that's a different type of content that's already been done but just put it in video format and make it something interesting and entertaining. And so, and that's kind of like what I'm doing with brew cabin. So I might, if that, if that works out for me, which so far it has, and even if it doesn't, I kind of like doing it anyway. So yeah, it's like, I'll, I'll find my space. (laughs) 
Right. And I think, I mean, you hit on a key thing where you have to look at your goals. And I encourage everyone to to do this as well. But you can create videos that have like a little more mass appeal that maybe mm-hmm. will go a little more viral. It won't just identify with your audience, but as it as the algorithm expands out and it's introduced to more people, it can like catch fire. And some yeah. of the stuff that you and I talk about, they're so inside baseball, they're so deep in the weeds, no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. So it's like yeah. only for people like us, which is kind of cool because then it like frees you from having to pander to the masses. You could just talk to the people that are like your kind of people. So I think that's yeah. what you're trying to do, but it's, it's a tough it's a tough thing to balance because you see other people growing. You're like, man, that that yeah. person is not doing as good a content or, you know, we, we're, we right. all like judge ourselves so harshly and think we should do more even when we're doing just fine, you know? Right. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly true. And I still feel that way sometimes I, I would, I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to think about my lifestyle. And when, when people say how good the brew cabin video is, you know, like that was a lot of time and effort and I don't, I don't feel the pressure of like having to follow that up because I felt like I put out something that I'm proud of and I feel good. Like I feel good. It's not making any money, but it's, I feel good about it. And my next piece will be good because I want, I want that same feeling again. And I feel like if I keep, if I keep chasing that feeling of everything that I put out into the world should feel good, even if it's a how-to article in Swim University, like it should feel like I really tried. I really, really tried. You know, um, I went beyond what was expected of me. And it, even in, even if when I used to work, I used to do that all the time. I used to kind of go above and beyond because not because I wanted praise from my boss, but because it made me I could sleep better at night. You know, because I went, I tried really hard. And even if it failed, like, man, look at, let's, let's go back and look at all everything that I did. Cause I feel good about it. You know, as much as the, the rap album that I did in 30 days failed by all accounts, uh, it's the thing I cite as like the thing I'm most proud of, you know, in my online business life is I, I took a 30, I took 30 days and I wrote 12 songs and I recorded 12, 12 songs and I made CDs and I put out, oh, I make CDs. I made t-shirts and I put out an album. You know, and it was like I that exists. It's it's there. It's cool. You can download it. You can listen to it. It's real. It's on Spotify. <laughs> feels very. It just it. feels very cool. Yeah. And, and the key thing here, like over and over, like you finish shit. And a lot of people, yeah. myself included, it's really easy to start things and and bail before it's time, maybe not even finish. And a lot of people, actually, I'm pretty good at completing things. So I haven't done this in a long time, but a lot of people will have a wake behind them of 80%, 95% finished things. And you, you can't do anything with a, you know, a 95% finished car that doesn't have like the tire, like you need (laughs) need the fourth tire. You need it. So yeah, uh, you finish a few of those. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, there's a few. I, I can. I there's one thing that kind of bums me out that I haven't finished. That's just still there. It's still there, and I still want to do it. So I have this like challenge on Money Lab called SEO Impossible. And have you seen that? I I have the whole like blueprint on like what it is I'm gonna do. I just not. I just haven't pulled the trigger in like finishing it, and it bums me out. Maybe it's a thing for 2021. I don't know. Maybe it's a perfect thing for a YouTube video to start out. Cause I feel like that would be 
that would be an awesome YouTube video to see that start to finish, you know? Yeah. And for the people that don't know, I mean, basically you were trying to rank number one for affiliate marketing. Is that right? Yeah. I, that before, the- so yeah, before that it was email marketing, but yeah, it's affiliate marketing, like trying to rank number one for an impossible keyword by, by, by pulling out every trick I have, you know, not spending any money, just every trick that I, every little trade that I'm good at, you know, graphic design, website design, video, you know, a little bit of coding, just like everything. <laughs> but you don't build links and you got to build links to rank number one, right? Well, that was, that was the, I mean, <laughs> look, if I could, if I can do it, right. If I can build this thing, that's amazing. And I can, you know, send out a tweet and people are like, what the hell? This is absolutely insanely amazing. Then won't everybody link to it? And what if, so the, the whole thing is, if I can prove that it doesn't take backlinks to, 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 to rank number one, and it may, just because I don't build them doesn't mean I don't believe in them. I mean, they, they, yeah, they definitely they, help. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, you know, it's like, if, I, if had I, if everything I published, I had a backlink building strategy, I would be way better off and I would be faster where I am now. But, it, but I wait for them to come organically and then here I am. But with SEO Impossible, the idea is that it's impossible. It's impossible to rank for affiliate marketing. How do you how do you do that? Like how do you yeah. beat the top person there? I'm doing it through sheer content alone. And yeah. if I'm right, obviously it's like an unattainable goal for a lot of people because I have like a a, a, a robust skill set. And you could argue it be it would cost somebody who didn't have my skill set like a ton of money to produce something like that. So it would be like an impossible task. But that's the whole point. And it would just it would just you know. I, I don't. I think it would be so fascinating, even if I got on the first page. You know what I mean? It's I, like yeah. it's still like okay. So it's possible to have nothing, you know, because you'd have to start with like a site that you just bought the domain name. You know, I can't. I, you know, I could. I could cheat and be like, it's on MoneyLab.co, and then that has like you know thousands of backlinks already for m- years that I've had the site, or I could start a brand new site from nothing create one post and will it actually, you know, I think that's, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's fascinating no matter, no matter the outcome, right? It's like, I think, um, well, and that's, that's the thing, the cool part. And someone mentioned that would be a great money lab video. Yeah. Basically the cool thing with YouTube and there are channels that like started and, or they're based on 30 day challenges of whatever it is. There are many of them. And the thing is like, even if it doesn't work, you at least, documented it you talk through it you got the story yeah so and i think the key the key with like i'm just thinking like oh how would you do it without because it would take forever to build the backlinks manually you would have to go Mm -hmm. on like a campaign of like podcast and youtube and like lean on your fame that like hey i want to be on your show yeah yeah, it would be unfair but it's like all right like it's impossible it's generally impossible, right? Like who, I don't even know who's ranking number one or on the first it's Neil page. Patel, so it's, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's, uh, so that's a, like truly I believe it's possible. And I believe that somebody can outdo him and outdo anybody that's up there. I just think it takes, I don't think it takes promote. I mean, obviously there's promotion, but I think you have to do, so my, my whole thing, thing is, and this is, again, this is the, the, the homebrewing video as an example, like, it's like an over delivery strategy. I looked at that video and I was like, I could just do a vlog like Casey Neistat where it like has lo-fi music and I'm, you know, telling a, just a general story and I'm talking into a camera. But 
in my head, I'm like, I hate that style. Of, I hate that style of video. And everyone's just going to be like, oh, you're just doing Casey Neistat. You're just doing what every other YouTuber does. And so I tried to push, you know, and, and there's definitely elements of that because I didn't, I, that's how I filmed it. So I had no other choice but to do that. But there are elements of like documentary, like tactics that I took from certain movies. Like there's actually two movies that I, I, I just talked about. There's just two movies that are, that I I didn't steal, but the ideas came from those movies uh, to incorporate in the video. Which one of them is the is the um, the country song that's in the middle of the video? Just which no one would ever suspect when you started watching it. But like all of a sudden, there's this yeah. fucking country song, and it's a silly parody. But I got the idea from it from a uh, team Team America, where like they just sing a song like "Freedom Isn't Free," and yeah, I yeah. that song cracks me up. And I was like, and I. I don't know why I remembered it, but I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if like just in the middle of this video, it just went into like a country montage for no, like just a sad moment of like, you know, a country song. And so like I wrote it and I put it in there, but then I had to come up with like, why does this happen? Like, why is this in there? And then that was the whole, like, I have this conversation with the uh, plumber that doesn't exist. And so like that was that. The idea of the visual of that came from Pop Star, the movie um, with um, the Lonely Island guys. There's a scene where they're being attacked by bees and or there's this giant killer bee. And, and yeah, and they just put the words on the screen and they, they don't actually show what's happening because it's an insanely over budgeted thing that they were doing. It's it's funny. It's a funny bit, but it just gave me the uh, it gave me the satisfaction to be like. Oh, I can, I can, I don't have to like actually film anything. I could, I could put this on screen, which is something I could do in my basement and it would work. Like it would make sense. So yeah, I just wanted to create this like delight and surprise and kind of go above what people thought from like a video like this. So when you, what I want to happen is you watch this video because a guy builds a home brewery in 40 days or whatever, cause you want to learn something and then you watch it and you're like, what, what, that was not what I expected it to be. That was a like, it was like a level above, and I feel like, I feel like that's that's a hard thing to do, but it's a really fun thing to think about, and if you can do it and pull it off, I mean, like anybody who watches that video, I hope, comes away like, I like this. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and whatever comes next, like, I want more of it, and I think you just can't buy that kind of thing, right? Like, and I, I'm not going to get a lot of people because, you know, it's it's very niche. It's a very like specific thing. But if I can win you over like in one video, I mean, I have to keep doing that, but you know, but I can take my time because I feel like it's like when you watch the history of the world or the history of Japan or like the Mount St. Helens, you know, video, like you watch that, you're like, this is unbelievably amazing. You share it with everybody, whether they like music or not, whether they like, they live near St. Helens or not. Like, it's just that good. And it takes him, you know, months, if not years to, to produce shit like that. And he, he goes down into the annals of history of like being like the YouTuber that every other YouTuber looks up to. Yeah. Unfortunately, he makes no money at it. <laughs> so that's a very specific example. And I'm going to have to look, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I'm going to have to look it up. No, so, no, you've never seen the history of the world. No, and I was going to say YouTube's so big that it's like there can be some massive, like a cultural thing. Like it sounds like you're talking about, and I don't even mm. know what you're talking about. 
So that's yeah, it actually might be like the most popular video on YouTube ever. Yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't can, even you, know. can you even look that up anymore? Can you look up like, remember, I used to look up like Lifetime, like best, like the, like the most popular videos on YouTube ever made ever. Like, used to have, like, used to have like a filter. Yeah. I don't think they do anymore. Maybe not. I was uh, thinking a couple things, but I totally forgot them. So I do want to sure. ask you about, um, you know, you mentioned you started that process and a couple people mentioned in here that Neil Patel, Big Commerce, Hrefs, Wikipedia, Shopify, Forbes, rank for affiliate marketing. So definitely a big thing. But have you had any periods in the last, say, 18 months or so where you're like, ah, that was a mistake. I should have done this differently. Cause you sound, you know, kind of bulletproof and I'm interested to, and other people want to know like, all right, what, what issues have you had? Oh, I mean, I, I left a software company, <laughs> like just right, walked let's, away. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Cause the last time you were on, we were talking about Lasso and I'm using that on yeah. one of my sites. I like to test a lot of different products. I'm using Lasso on one of my newest sites. So yeah. What's mm -hmm. up with that? Why'd you leave? lifestyle choices. So what happened was the truth about what happened was I moved into this new house and it was something that it's been like a lifelong goal of mine to like own a house with a yard. Cause I, I owned a condo, but it didn't have a yard. And so I finally was able to do it and it just was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to, you know, basically, I don't know. I don't know. It was a lot of work to move here. And if I was working a nine to five job, I probably would have taken off a week just to do this because it's it was just like setting everything up and fixing things, and there's just a lot. Uh, I did, you know, and when I moved into my house the first time, that's exactly what I did. Took a week off of work and like you know change light fixtures and paint it and you know whatever you have to do. What happened during that time was I wasn't working on Lasso, and Lasso definitely demands time because you have to be in the um, customer service you have to answer questions you have to be constantly building and improving things you have to be constantly producing con you can't just be a software company you have to be a media company too because you have to promote the thing and there was this demand of time i had dedicated a year and a half ish to to lasso you know doing a lot of the coding work on the back end not not a lot of it but like a, a lot of the front end coding work you know the design of it um the the website and then, like, you know, we tried to hire somebody for customer service and it didn't really work out. So I had to get back into customer service and we were just trying to figure. So there was a lot of like hats that we were wearing that I was wearing and, and Andrew was wearing. And it just was dem it demanded all of my time. It just it just was. And so when I went to move, I felt the entire week, I felt this like pull of, you know, this thing needs me and I can't be there or like I kind of don't want to be there for it because it's just, I don't know. And, you know, it just, it, it was, and to Andrew, it was, seemed very clear that like, I wasn't uh, interested anymore. Like I just didn't have the fire anymore. I didn't, I didn't feel like I wanted this to be what I worked on. Uh, Cause it, I, again, like I love building things. I love putting craft into something. The thing I, try not to do is maintenance it so like what's great about doing a youtube video which you know obviously is not a product but if but doing a youtube video or no i, I should say like doing youtube for bloggers like building a course it has a completion date it is mm -hmm. a product i will be able to market that on money lab 
for the next four years, you know, without, without like very little updates, if any, you know, unless YouTube changes some weird thing. Um, but like, it feels like a very complete thing. And I had full control over, over all of it. Like I am a, you know, that's, it's what I do. Whereas like with software, I, you know, I was kind of at the mercy of like, if I needed something to be done and I wasn't capable of doing it, I would always try to do it and then fail and get stressed out. And then I would have to like rely on Andrew to do it for me or, ha you know, have a developer come in and do it. And it just felt like a clunky process. And, and then it's like, and it's a rat, it's a hamster wheel of like, I will be constantly forever working on this. And if I'm not the one constantly forever working on this, I will be constantly forever managing someone else to work on this. And again, it did, it did not, you know, it did not fit what I wanted once I moved into this place, which was like, I want to be able to go homebrew in the middle of a Wednesday and not have to worry if my business is going to like fail or if people are like banging down my doors because something's broken or not working or, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. And it took me a while to learn it, but I enjoyed and I love the building aspect of it. Like I got really into like getting the product to where it is and getting the branding to be cohesive and, and getting it all set up. But then once it was set up, I kind of just was like, all right, it's, it's, I'm done. Oh my God. Now people hate are complaining and people need this feature and that feature. And like, I'm like, this sucks. I did it. What, what more do you want from me? But, <laughs> and that's just my personality. It's not that, you know, obviously that is, that is the game. Right. And I, I don't fault it for being what it is. It just didn't fit what I wanted in life anymore. It doesn't have the same, like swimming university is great because I built four products people love them my return rate is very low and when i put out a piece of content it's it does well uh people I, I get i get great feedback and i don't have to work on it ever you know it's like i put out a piece of content like i did it i nailed it like it's great you know i may have to tweak things here and there but like nothing that i don't know what i'm i know how to write i know how to you know make a thing so it, it just it, it's a totally different type of work and i once it was once i got the thing that i'm good at done it felt like uh i have to keep maintenance this thing forever and i have to in, in order to make money and and feel this sort of tug at like this thing needs you all the time it's like a baby that never grows up and i and i i i don't like that and i didn't realize it until later unfortunately <laughs> but yeah it's a, it's a it was a very profitable business and i was you know and it's and it's probably going to make a ton of money but I, mental health, more important. Indeed. And I think, you know, one, one thing you it was sort of embedded in your answer is software kind of sucks until like version two or three or four. And it's an iterative thing that you have to figure mm -hmm. out. And you guys were on version one, I think, when I started using it. And then I think, did you guys push version two like over the summer? Is that yeah. right? It's, yeah, yeah. I think back in June or July, yeah. And I used to do software project management. And what I don't want to do is use a beta version or the first version generally. Because yeah. I don't want, I'm not, I want a solution to my problem, not a thing where I could help you improve it. I don't really, yeah. I don't really care. Like I treat the software as commodities. And if it doesn't do the job, like I'm out, I'm not interested yeah. in giving sure. you feedback really. And I actually, uh, yeah, you know, I was going to say some of the tickets were for me. Cause I was like, dude, wh why can we not do this? This is a basic 
thing. Mm-hmm. So those came in for me. And because I was in software, I, I'm probably a more of a ball buster than most people would right. be. Right. And, and so as a creative sensitive man, I take every piece of feedback as a jab, (laughs) you know, as like, you fucked up, fix this (laughs) now. And I'm like, I damn it. You know, it's, and it's not, I shouldn't, I, I didn't have, I don't have that like part of my brain where I can turn off, like not taking it personally. I take everything personally. So it's like, you know, if you don't, if you don't like my homebrewing video, at this point, I'm okay because a lot of I've not gotten any negative feedback, but like yeah. that one negative feedback is going to hurt. It really, it really is. And so it's like, and it's not something I can help because it's just how I'm designed. But, you know, so I have to, so I know that and I'm self-aware enough to understand that. And so I have to pick things that, you know, like, for example, the, the one thing that I felt such relief and there are so many ways to go about this, but Intercom is the, is the software that we used to answer questions. So there's a little speech bubble. And if you're in the software, you put, you pop it up, you can like answer, answer questions. And we had tried to hire somebody to, to do that. And I thought it was working great because I was just like completely hands off and that person was taking care of it. But then there was talk that like, it felt very inauthentic, uh, that there was not somebody really there helping you. And it felt like robotic. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I get it. And I, I, and I understand how it feels to be in customer service or to deal with somebody in customer service and they actually do care. And it feels like really great. And it's like, Oh, I love this product because someone's there and they're like actually trying to help me. And so we, we could have spent the money to hire somebody to do that, but I felt that we should do it because we needed to learn the software and we needed to understand our customers. And I felt there was a lot of benefit to that. And I still believe that the problem is, is that that icon in my toolbar was Something that I, I haven't had this feeling in a long time. This this feeling, it's the same feeling I used to have when I was broke and I had a checking account and I was nervous. Like I, I had physical reaction to clicking that just to make sure, is there any money in that account? Is it zero? Is it negative? Because like, I was always worried it was going to be negative and I had an overdraft balance of $35 and I have to pay and how many days, you know. So there was like a stress factor of just clicking a button on your computer. And that was intercom for me. Like I, the number of emails, I'm like, oh, you know, if it was like anything over five, I'm like, I have to process these. I have to read people like not liking something or, or, and and I always took it again. I always took it from a personal, like this person hates what I built, not this person is just trying to help. And so like that moment, like to, to constantly have that as a part of my life sucked it's not very lifestyle uh you know it's just not for me so it was like i'm you know i'm the worst person to be in customer service i shouldn't be there but there was a benefit of me being there which ultimately led to i probably shouldn't be in this industry because you know i i clearly can't i don't have thick enough skin to deal with this but for some reason at swim university at at money lab like i am in total control of the product i put it out I know it's it's completely up to me to make it great. And if something's not great, I know exactly how to fix it and I can fix it in two seconds. With software, it was like a many multiple, like you, it took a long time for like somebody like complained about something to it actually being solved, like multiple weeks. And that doesn't sit with me because that's all that stuff like remains in my brain space. And it's just like, you know, fix it, fix it, fix it. And I'm very, I'm one person that's like, if there's a problem, 
go fix it, get it done, and then move on with your life, or find a way to like satiate it and move on. So it it just right. it the industry just did not fit with me, and I'm you know, and yes, I walked away from a lot of potential earnings, but that's not really what drives me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm making good money now. I don't need more good money. I have it. So, you know, right. I could be making great money, but it's like, what else, what else am I going to get? I'm not going to buy a helicopter. I'm afraid of flight. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. So why would I buy a helicopter? And I had a similar situation in service-based businesses. So also pretty lucrative. It's a great yeah. business because you could immediately start selling and, and you know, doing mm-hmm doing things for your clients and basically run an agency. And I realized exactly what you mentioned. Basically you fast forward, Hey, if this is successful in 12 to 18, 36 months, what does it look like? And if it looks like you hate it, then you need to bail immediately. So you figured out early enough where you could get out before it was like, you know, golden handcuffs and detrimental. Yeah. And I always want it, you know, it's funny because I, (laughs) I I felt at one point I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we sold this to Automatic or some other like WordPress you know plugin company and like cash out like that would be great, and that's I was the only one who thought that you know and I was like uh oh like that's not a good sign that I'm like already looking for a buyout you know and I'm like and and Andrew did not see that at all he was like no no this is what I'm going to be working on like and but you know he that's what he does software. Like that's what he's interested in. Like he loves that world. Whereas like when it comes to video, I love that world and I love writing in a little, a little bit, but like building a website, I like video, I like creating, you know, like a con, I like content stuff. And I feel like that was our sort of like, well, he's really good at software. I'm really good at content. And that's where we're going to come together and, you know, fill in those weak points, you know? Right. And yes, that's exactly what happened, except uh, I just, I don't know, I, I, I am so, it's so deeply inter- tw- tied into who I am as a person that I'm, I have a hard time separating it. So yeah, it just wasn't for me, unfortunately. But yeah, I've, I've walked away from that and other software companies. This is not the first one. I've done <laughs> Spruce, I walked away from, I, you know, I walked away from Ernest, which, was, which eventually became Lasso. You know, I started a social network for dogs at one point that fell apart. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, roasty. I sold that. You know, right on. Well, the the other thing is around, and actually, we are going to answer some questions. So if people have questions, feel free to ask in the chat here, yeah. and we'll we'll hit them. When you know, I saw that you 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 walked away from Lasso, and you can skip this if you don't want to talk about it, but like. How did that process go where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm sort of checked out. I'm not interested. It's, it sounds like Andrew kind of could see that by your actions and yeah, know, how, how much you were into it. You guys know each other well. So can, how did that yeah. work? How did you do it? I think that was the best part. It was – so we had had a falling out many years ago over the List of Money Matters podcast. So um, – and then we, you know, re- reconnected and – we're both of us had evolved as human beings and we're more self-aware and, and we, and anything that was ever like kind of an issue, we would work it out over Skype or whatever, because we just were aware of each other. And that was the best part of the exit, which was he knew it before I did. 
he knew I told him I had felt bad about not, you know, like for eight days I was working on the house and not really like, I just did not want to click the intercom button. I didn't want to go into intercom. And I, I told him about it and he was like, you know, I'm happy to buy you out. If you want, if you want to get out of this, I completely understand. And uh, you know, I had not been thinking of that, but I was like, you know, I, I, I was like, you know what? Let me think about that. I talked to Steph. I talked to my parents. I just talked to like myself, you know, in the mirror. <laughs> uh, and just, I was like, is this, am I going to feel better or am I going to feel FOMO? Like, do I have FOMO? Is that something that like I've had in the past that like, am I jealous of other people, you know, like of, you know, projects that I've left before. And it was like this wrestling, like, you know, Am I going to feel relief or am I going to feel regret? And I had to make a, a gamble on what that, what feeling I was going to have. And maybe not even a gamble. I had to like choose which one I decided I was going to do. And I, and I chose relief and I am, you know, like we, it was so amicable. It was like an amicable, like, okay. I, and he was like, I get it, man. This is, I get it. He's like, I, I know you. You know, probably better than I even know myself because he sees it from a different perspective. And and so it was just like, yeah, this is not for you. I get it. Like, we're still friends. Like, this is not a, you know, and I was like, well, am I going to? Yeah. And so I chose relief because it's like, I never have to go into intercom again. And that is the greatest feeling <laughs> ever. You know, and I still I use Lasso on all my sites. So it's not something I'm like actively not going to promote anymore. It's not I don't have any like, you know, interest in the company. I have no you know, I'm completely out of it. You know, it's completely Andrews. I'm still an affiliate, but that's, that's about it. Just like, you know, just like you and anybody else. So, you know, and I, I, I use the software and I love the software. I mean, I built it, you know, I helped build it. So, you know, it's, I, have, I have no hard feelings. He has no hard feelings. And that's good. it's just, it's a relief not to like have to worry about it anymore and feel like obligated to work on it, which is great. I could focus on other things, like the things I already have, you know, nothing crazy and this actually fits in pretty good so you were able to you know walk away from some projects that you didn't want to work on yeah you were also able to downscale some other things and in the post the lifestyle business manifesto you mentioned retiring in three years so you're 37 now you were like hey Uh i'm gonna do it when i'm 40 so yeah can you take us take us through that i mean uh basically a lot of us follow like the 4% rule and you're financially yeah. independent and you have the option to, you know, quote, retire, but really it just means you don't have to do things for money actively. Like you're okay. So yeah. yeah. T- tell us about that. You got three years. What's the thought process behind it all? Basically just hoarding money. <laughs> just like any money that we make from the business. Like I have three years to really like, you know, make as much as I can. And, but after three years, I'm not going to try as hard anymore. And I'm just going to let, I'm just going to do what I want to, I mean, I kind of am there now, you know, in a way, but I want to have enough money put away where I could coast out the rest of my existence in, in, and I don't, and and it doesn't need to, I'm not talking about like a lavish, you know, lifestyle or anything, but like, I just want to be able to like not work for an entire year or, or, and I, when I say that, I'm like, I'll just brew beer and ship it to like my friends for an entire year you know, and that's my job or like, I'm going to go make a documentary that is that nothing to do with anything. And, you know, or go make an album for my own fun, you know, like I, I could do all those things now and I plan to, but I, I just, 
right now I feel like if I'm not working on the company, it's just gonna it's it's it can it'll do this and it'll start to slowly do that the longer I I don't actively do anything. I want to keep it going like this, perhaps going up, and then at 40, I want to just let it sort of coast out, you know, and then just collect whatever is left at the end, have enough money to basically live out my existence. And of course, that probably, like, I want that ability. I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to do that, you know, but I yeah. just want to feel like I, I could at 40. Like, I, I can let this all... Like I can walk away from some university. I probably won't, but I could, I could, you know? And actually you're leading me to a question that I wanted to ask, but it actually fits in better here. Mm. You sounded very attached to swim university because you've been working on it for so long. It's your, you know, it's your baby. And you're talking about working for three more years and basically you could sell swim you. The fact is mm -hmm. you have a diverse set of revenue. So it's not just an affiliate revenue. You have your own products and you have a YouTube yeah. channel that's awesome. Yeah. And you can sell it for a much higher multiple than the standard that's out there. So yeah. why not I sell won't. it? Get those no. three years of revenue and then you no. got your problem solved. Like I, I don't what why why wouldn't you not do that? Legacy. Go on. That's it. I look at Roasty as something I, as a website that I built and sold, and they took that site and made it just the just a juggernaut in traffic. Like it just exploded. And I, I, and I'm still in touch with the the guy who who I sold it to. And I was like, how that? You know, like I am not jealous at all because I wasn't willing to do the work that he did to make it that, you know, that great. How, how did you do it? He goes, and he said to me straight up, like. You did most of the work. Like the the foundation was great, and all I did was like what everyone does, and it just straight up like rocket shipped. It is not the same site anymore. It is not the site that I set out to build in the coffee industry. Is not what I want it. It's a different thing. I want. I have a the like, Sum University. I am very proud of. I am a very. It's a very clean. It's a very like good site i am i am well respected in the industry i feel like kind of and it's starting to get even more respect when people figure out that it's just one guy i want that to i want that to remain i want swim university to be to be a resource that if somebody find like i'm afraid that someone's gonna buy it and they're just gonna like you know fill it with ads and fill it with like you know junky clunky you know you know, just promoting products that suck and just, just, and then just making ugly images and, and just making it look junkier. Cause that's what happens, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not going to be another, you know, creative person buying. It. It's going to be another business owner who's adding to his portfolio or her portfolio, whatever. I, I, I worry about that. I don't want that for for swim university. I don't, you know, and, and probably for brew cabin as well. Only because I'm so they're so close to me. Coffee was never something as a passion. I've never been that passionate about it. I do love coffee. I do drink, you know. I do drink coffee, and I do like making great coffee, and I do spend money on coffee. But it is not something I'm like deeply passionate in, or is or is tied to me as a like. No one goes like, oh. Matt, he just loves his, he's such a coffee guy. He loves his coffee. All he fucking talks about is coffee, coffee, coffee. I'm not. It's just a part of, it's just something I like. 
it's like uh you know if i you know i like tuna fish but i'm not going to start a website on tuna fish recipes <laughs> like i'm just you know so it was something that like and it was an experiment when i first started it in in like can i take everything i've learned about some university over the last 10 15 years and apply it to a completely different industry and build something quicker and i was able to do that i proved it to myself i proved it to the people who were following me at money lab and i sold it and you know people were upset at me for selling it cuz they're like i would have bought it like i would have made it great and i would have done this and you know what you sold it and you know some other guy made a ton of money off of it and i'm like great that's cuz it was the thing i wasn't willing to do it was it wasn't why i started it so yeah i i i, have, I don't have any regrets over selling that i i needed the money at the time uh, cuz i was in a lot of debt from mistakes that i had made in my business and I wasn't in love with the site anymore. And it's like, it's very easy to walk away from something that like, I'm not going to work on it, but if somebody wants to work on it, I'm sure they're going to do well with it. And it, of course, like just unbelievably well with it. Very good. Yeah. And with, with swim, you, you just have like a deeper connection and you don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, trampled upon. It feels very like a part of me. Yeah. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's, it, my face is on like every thumbnail. You know, my face is all over that site. It is very, yeah. And it's just something I've been doing since I was 13 years old. So it's just like, it feels very uh, personal. Yeah. So I, yeah, it'll be, it'll be with me forever. <laughs> it will never be sold. That, that's kind of cool. Cause I, yeah. I don't feel that connection with my stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, someone asked me like, Oh, would you sell niche site project? Which I'm all over that in the channel. Yeah. And I mean, my branding is all mixed up, but I'm like, ah, oh, you know, Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. I have a price. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure someone could find it. <laughs> yeah, it's same, it's same on Money Lab. Like, I, I, I don't think anybody would want to buy it because it's so inner. It's so it's it's basically match of an easy dot com. It's it's yeah. it's just it's a me site. But if somebody wanted to buy it, be like, no, like that's like that's insane. Like, what are you going to like? You're the one in, in charge of my rap album. Like, absolutely not. You know, but but Brew Cabin right as it stands right now. Uh, I could sell it and I would be okay with it because it doesn't feel mine. Like none of the content feels mine, but over the next, you know, as I start working on it more and more, I plan on incorporating myself and my um, taste and my belief system into the site and making it more about me as a brewer and my philosophies. Then it'll start to, I'm going to make that site become my thing. And so those three sites are going to be very much tied to me and they're not going to be for sale. Yeah. When I was going to say, we definitely need to do maybe a monthly tasting where we like do a YouTube video, mm. we drink some beer. So maybe we can start up in January. I'm not sure yeah. we can clarify on the off the air, but um, I mean, there's no, it's easy enough for us to do it. It looks like we could drink in that room there and sit far apart yeah. from each other. I mean, you get the brewery. Oh yeah. But the brewery, the, brewery. the garage, put the garage door up. Yeah. You, you know, it'd be good airflow. Right. Great. So, um, as we're wrapping up, so, you know, you, you talked retirement for mm -hmm. people that are unfamiliar with the either financial independence and we're, we're actually not going to retire. Like Matt and I will, we'll kill, right, no. we'll still keep doing our, whatever it is we're doing. Yeah. But gotta work. for the people that don't follow along, like wh what do you need to do to be able to feel confident in stopping work or have the independence and freedom and flexibility to do so? Money, right? You need yeah. to, be able to survive. I mean, you you can't live in America without money. I mean, so, that's so, the, not so true. the math the math behind it the math behind it. So I, the math behind it is yeah. is 
fairly simple, although it's like it, it, it feels very pie in the sky. But let's just take this for example. You have a million dollars in a index fund. So I'm not talking about a million dollars in a checking account or a million dollars in a savings account. I'm talking about a million dollars in some sort of like, lo- it can be a low risk index fund, whether it's with Vanguard or you can do something like Betterment or whatever. But it has to be index funds um, because otherwise there's different complications. But if you had a million dollars in that sort in the index fund system in the stock market, um, what happens is if you extrapolate the stock market over a hundred years, you'll notice that like it's been going up all the time, and on average, you'll probably earn around seven to twelve percent of your investments safely. Now, obviously, there are pieces. There are times where, like in two thousand eight in 1981 or 1980 and then like 1939 and like other ones in between where there's drops. And the thing is, is that that makes sense when it's very short term, which is why you can't just play the stock market. It's not like you're going to Atlantic city and playing the stock market. You have to pull back. And the longer, the further you pull back, the more you'll realize that it's on an upslope. Now, uh, if you were to have a million dollars currently right now in the stock market, in an index fund or multiple index funds, you could safely withdraw 4% or 3.5% or whatever. But basically, if you assume that you're going to make conservatively 7% over your lifetime, then if you then if we if you withdrew 4%, that means you would still be earning 3%, which is larger than inflation. Inflation's around 2%, right, every year. So if you can draw 4% on a million dollars every year, that's $40,000 a year. So if you can live off $40,000 a year, then if you had a million dollars in the bank, you could retire and and forever earn $40,000 a year or the equivalent of that as inflation goes up because you'll be earning more than what inflation is. Now, obviously, there are years where the stock market isn't doing well. And so there, there's, there will be like these dips and moments where you may not be able to take 40 grand that year, but neither will anybody else. Yeah. And obviously, if you have two million, that's eighty grand. If you have three million, you know, you're, uh, you know, you do the math. Yeah. But if you can, but the the whole fire movement is this idea that like, hey, if you can survive on forty thousand dollars now, but you're making eighty thousand, well, then you could save forty thousand dollars a year, and every single year you save that forty thousand dollars in a, what in a matter of like fifteen years, you now have a million dollars, you know, or whatever. I don't yeah. think that math works. I think it's 20 years, but it's possible, you know? So, and then there's obviously like, there's real estate, there's other little like avenues then, and 7%, that's the, that's the conservative, you know, route, of course. If you start a business, you can make, you know, 200, 300, 400 millions of dollars a year and still live like a normal person at like $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year. And the rest of that just goes into an account or it goes, it gets invested and you'll be much closer to being able to actually be financially independent, which is, I think, the key words there instead of retiring early, right? You're basically what it means is like you are free from having to work for money. The money works for you, and that's how you're paid. Well said. Well said. And Thank you. The other way, I mean, the, the trickiest part of this for most people is figuring out your expenses, like your true expenses. A lot of mm. people don't have a good handle on that. I didn't until I got married and my my, my wife is a lot more um, budget oriented. Yeah. Not that I went out and like blew money, but I was just like, ah, sure. kind of whatever. Whatever. And yeah. 
yeah, like, so we have it dialed in and we, you have a couple wild cards in there, right? If you're paying for healthcare because you're self-employed or yeah. you're thinking, Hey, we want to take some big trips. So maybe we're spending, you know, 50 K which is pretty, I mean, that's fairly luxurious for two people the way we live. Do you know what, what are your expenses? If you want to share, you don't have to annually, of course. No, uh, $5,000 a month. It costs us to basically in this new place to, for everything like for utilities, food, car, we have one car, um, that we share and we never go anywhere, you know, you know, so yeah, it's about 5,000 between the two of us. Okay. So 60 K, which is, yeah. K, Yeah. 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 And, and I think, I mean, and again, that, that's fairly, honestly, that's pretty luxurious. Like we have friends, Matt, who have like a family of four, they live on less than we, we do. So we're, I mean, we're yeah. buying our, our exotic beers and expensive yeast and ingredients. So, I mean, we have yeah, to support I, all that. Yeah. I bought a big house, so it's, I'm pretty much paying. That's where most of the money's going to kind of pay for the, for that. But uh, yeah, then the rest of it's like, we, yeah, we basically like, we always eat at home. We don't really go out now. Um, but even if we did, you know, I, I built a brewery in the house. So we're, I don't have anywhere to go. You know, I, yeah. I brought everything to me. I'm, I'm a homebody for sure. Like even before all this. So I love being home. Like there's before COVID, there were weeks where I didn't leave the house, like a whole week where I never even like stepped foot in a car or anything uh, only yeah. because, you know, I just, and then I go, I should probably go outside. I think I've been inside for like too long. And I don't, I don't oh, feel you it. Stayed I like inside. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I'm there outside was, there was, all the time. Yeah. There was, well, I, and where, where we used to live, it was like right on a highway. So it was like kind of not fun to be outside. And there's yeah. so, always somebody walking by and you were like right there. And it's just, it is awkward. So like we'd have the doors open and windows open, but yeah, I just, it, it only because like, I, I like, I like working. I like what I do. I'm a, I, it's like a hobby for me. And my, most of my hobbies besides snowboarding and beer were indoors. And now Same brewing the doors. So, yeah. 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 Well, I think we, we covered it pretty good in a disclaimer. Someone even mentioned like, Hey, we sound like a financial advisors more than entrepreneurs. And, um, yeah, we're, we're just here for entertainment. We hardly know what we're talking about. So consult your professionals and absolutely not. Do not fuck your professionals. I will say this. Yes. The reason why we sound that way, at least I could, I'll say the reason why I sound that way is because when I started my business, I was really, really terrible with money. And I knew that if I was going to, to pursue this lifestyle, that I couldn't be bad with money anymore. And so I read every personal finance book that I could get my hands on to not be bad at this. And then I met somebody who had a personal finance blog and we started a podcast together that we ran for many years. And I've <laughs> just, I just know, cause it's like, I don't like not knowing. You know, and I think it's crazy important to be good with money if you're going to start your own business because it's all you have is yourself to rely on. Yes. And <laughs> I, I I will say, well, you know, we got one more sponsor, so we got to do some questions here. So I'm going to put on my, we got the niche website builders Q&A section here. So they're a sponsor. Right. Thank you for sponsoring. They can do content for you. I have 20,000 words coming each month for me. And I have a shotgun skyscraper campaign rolling as well. So they've been crushing it. I think I, I just this morning checked the campaign. I think I got about 37 links over the course of uh, four and a half months or so. And the average domain rating is reported by Ahrefs. 
is around, I think it's 49.6. So I'm going to check the spreadsheet. That is what it was. So we, we can field some questions now. And if not, we're just going to riff back and forth a little bit. And Matt, I appreciate you yeah. sticking around for so long. I do have a housewarming beer that I snagged for you a while back, but it may be um, late December, or early January before I get it over to you, man. Sweet. Thank you. So I'll mention that as, as far as the financial advisor stuff, I uh, w- like my wife and I basically fired the people that were working for us once we like started accumulating money and we were like, hey, wait a second. These people don't know what they're talking about either. So I mm-hmm. honestly, I wouldn't even trust financial advisors either. They usually have incentives to yeah, sell you some garbage yeah. Um, and you don't know cause you're thinking, or at least I thought these are experts. So I, I trust them to make some decisions. But then I looked, I'm like, this is so complicated in my funds of which they're like two. It's like the total <laughs> yeah. bond and total stock market. Yep. Like well, yeah. th- those do better. And this uh, Vanguard is where I have, um, most of my stash and, um, yeah, it's been performing super well. I don't time anything. I don't look at anything. I've just put, um, slowly Dollar cost averaging huge amounts of money in over time. And it does give you freedom and you're like, Oh, I can work on the stuff that I want to work on. And I, I don't have to pander. It feels so good. You know, you know, what's, you know, what's, uh, so there's a great book that changed my entire perspective on personal finance and it's how to, I will teach you to be rich. From Ramit Sethi, I believe is uh, how you say his last name. I always get it wrong, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. basically, I think it, the way I boil that book down is: humans are prone to errors and stupidity and emotions and all these other things that are the human flaw, right? But robots are not, and so if you automate and put the robots in charge of your money, it like it makes you like a savvy investor. And so, like for me, uh, that was certainly the truth, and I just started to like have the, the the robots like put 10% away for me or put like now there's like I mean I use Betterment for you know all my investment stuff and that's not true I use I also use Robinhood but I'll, I use I I subscribe to the Golden Butterfly which is a portfolio strategy that is incredibly safe it's a diversification what is it? I don't strategy know that one. so it's it's five quadrants of 20% of your investment so it's large cap stocks medium cap stocks uh, small cap bonds, small to medium bonds, and then a commodities of some kind. Um, for me, it's gold. So I have 20% of my investments going into gold, and then I do uh, the split in Betterment for the large cap, small cap uh, bond and uh, stock thing. Basically, it's for me, it's a it's a two-part system. It's, it's Betterment for uh, the stocks and bonds, and then Robinhood just to, you know, I put 20, 20% of my like overall investment that I put in uh, towards buying gold shares from, um, I use uh, I I A U. I think it's uh, I shares for gold, and that's just like that's the safety net, the little you know extra that goes into that. And then I do I have a little bit of play money. Like I bought, I bought one share of Apple the other day. <laughs> you know, just like you know, I have one share of Tesla. It's like whenever I have like extra money, I'm like, eh, you know. Yeah, I'll just buy like individual stocks of companies that I like, I use and 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 appreciate and like. I don't own a Tesla, but I do yeah. like what they're eventually going to, you know, hopefully going to do. So, yeah, right on. I um, yeah, and I was gonna say like I think I tried to make things more complex, not not gold, but a little yeah. more with the small caps, some growth, some value, blah blah blah, and then 
when I had to roll some accounts over and then I just did like total, total market stocks yeah. and then total bond market and simplified it. And then I tried to make it more complicated again. And then yeah. it turns out those were performing less and I'm not dealing with like one or two months. Like I'm looking at a couple of years and I'm like, ah, right. Simpler is better. And like, simpler, dude, I have like, load. yep. I have a, a, a handful of accounts and I don't want any more than that. And I, and if I, yeah. you know, I try to like, just keep like, I have my, I have two credit cards, one for business, one for, you know, personal. Yep. Same. And they all, now I have a, I got this. What is it? What do I do with it? Oh, I got I got this, the the wallet on the back of the oh, phone. Cool, because I don't want any. I I one day I'm not there yet. This will be the only thing I carry. All right. Yeah. I, I have to I have to have keys because I don't have a smart lock and I don't have a smart car, so I still have to carry yeah. around keys. But that's the the goal is to like have one device so that because like in my house now. I like I leave my keys upstairs. I leave my wallet in the basement. I leave my phone in the bed. You know, it's like I have to like. And then when I want to go out, I'm like, oh sh- yeah, it's all over the place. Like, I look for it. That's funny, man. Because um, I I used to have one of those, and I just had you know two like my license and a credit card, and then that that was yep. basically it. And yep. I didn't carry a wallet anymore. It was great, but I'm surprised. Like you carry around keys for your car like a peasant. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, how I'm do you how do you not? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm I have serious. like, I have an F-150 that's like 15 years old. So I don't even have you power, have power windows. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to go keyless. That's my next, that's my next uh, mission for 2021. Uh, it's, it's not a big deal. All right. Vicky has a question for us. What was your biggest learning from profit first? You're reading it right. Or Vicky's reading it right now and wants to know yeah. your biggest takeaway. That the whole reason you own a business is to make money for yourself. It's like, like the whole idea of, uh, taking 10% and or there's different levels of depending on what you are. I take 10% of the earnings from from you know my web my websites and I put that into a profit account and also like if you read that book he like makes you start like 17 different accounts all different like spots I don't do any of that I have a regular checking account which is my operating expenses account I have a um a savings account for tax money and I have a savings account for profit money and every Every month, at the end of the month, he says to do it every two weeks. I do it every month. Um, I I go and I take I, I do the I have a spreadsheet where I like put in how much I made this month from the business, and it auto calculates. You know, put ten percent and and fifteen percent for tax, I think, or twenty percent for tax, and I just allocate those uh, into those places. And then every quarter, I pay myself half of the profit. So you know, I'm getting like these big bonuses that are distributions from my company and i'm like oh i'm like actually making more money from the businesses that i started because of this entire process and i think it just it it sort of like opened my eyes to like wait why do you have a business if it's not to like make great money as a as an as an individual it's like oh yeah duh like i was so busy focused on the growth of the business and i had to reinvest everything into the business to make it grow bigger and bigger and i'm like no it's fine I want the money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I want to retire. I've heard of Profit First. I've never read the book, but I think I implicitly like design things Do that, that way. Well, if, you're, if you, you come from personal, you know, like you have a personal finance mindset. So it's like, it's, it is just pay yourself first. 
it's that whole principle just for business. You know? Yeah. And, and like, I mean, yeah, like shifting, I was on a call earlier today, mastermind, and we we're talking about S corps and like tax savings and stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just implicitly, I, or I was steered in some direction, but I heard the author of profit first on a few podcasts. And I was like, ah, I don't think that's solving a problem I have. Like, I think I'm, yeah. I'm pulling plenty of money off. And if anything, I'm not reinvesting enough because I'm bit of a hoarder right. with money. <laughs> and that's the and that's a that's the eye opener for me from that book was like, you know, um there are there is a certain amount of money. It's all based on what comes in and you and you're forced to allocate that into percentages and then you're forced to operate your business on a certain percentage. And like that's your budget to operate to like grow your business. Like this is what goes into the business. And no, you know, instead of like taking all of the money like what Amazon does, well, not necessarily, but they take all the money and they like reinvest in the business and they're like not profitable, which is how they avoid taxes every year. And it's like, I think, you know, for me, I'm like, and that's the other thing about like, there's all these tax havens, you're just taxed. You can get sucked down that world all day. Fine. Have fun. Like, no, no, thank you. Like, absolutely yeah. not. Like, I'd rather just pay taxes and have I pay like, so much a, taxes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So we're at the point in time where a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, Matt's going to tell us where you could find him. I'm going to need you to keep it uh, relatively brief because we've gone so long, Matt, I got to pee. Like I drank two oh, beers babe. and a bunch of water. So yeah, 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 there's links in the description, but where could people find you? Moneylab.co and Matt Chivanese on Twitter. All right. Thanks, Matt. Um, let's do a post um, like chat we'll get on skype in like 10 minutes or something sound good? all right yeah 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 sounds good all right see everybody thanks for hanging on thanks to vicky adrian no. and the crew matt love it man thank see you ya. appreciate it thank you thanks for hanging in there for a long interview and i, I like doing those especially when we can go off on a long tangent I'm hoping soon Matt and I will be able to do an interview in person. I haven't seen him in a bit except for at Lowe's. I ran into him at the hardware store of all places. It is kind of amazing. It's cool to live close by to some friends. And even during during uh, like quarantine and lockdown situations, the hardware store is open because that is uh, some stuff that you need to be able to get. And we were uh, just grabbing normal things that we needed over at Lowe's and happened to just walk into the same aisle at the same time. Anyway, thanks for hanging in there. Definitely check out all of Matt's stuff and moneylab.co. Hopefully we can get him to do some more YouTube videos. And if you do have suggestions for what you want him to do, shoot him an email. He, uh, he will reply back. I think, I think he'll reply back. He'll read the email for sure. And I'm pretty sure he'll reply back. So we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks a lot.